0: You are live with Get Connected, Canada's most popular tech radio show. I'm Mike Agarbo, and your host, uh, John Beeler, here today. We have an awesome program. Uh, Later on, uh, we'll be talking about how to build your own home arcade cabinet. This is really cool. I built one in my garage. I am loving it. Uh, We'll also be chatting about artificially intelligent powered drive-throughs. If you've been hoping that drive-throughs could be even smarter, it's coming. That sounds ominous <laughs> well wouldn't you like to get through the drive-through faster yes wouldn't you like the drive through to know what you want before you even get there yes yes well we're going to be telling you how that's going to happen uh let's talk about some of the uh, tech news this week john it's always my favorite segment uh we always get to cover some funky stories uh i think the the weirdest story this week uh john do you remember doom of course uh, that was one of my favorite uh, games back in the, the 90s. Uh, basically, you're this soldier, uh, you land on a, a Mars base, and it's been overtaken by demons, and you got to shoot your way out.
1: Yes. So this is also one of the games that is the usually the first game to be installed on some new device as a sort of proof of concept that they can actually do that on a particular device. Whether it's capable or not doesn't seem
0: to matter. So some guy figured out how to put doom on a pregnancy test. (laughs) I don't know what the meaning of that is overall, but this is like the dumbest thing I have heard. But how did he do it?
1: Uh, Well, basically, these electronic pregnancy tests have a tiny little screen. Yes. Like a hundred pixels by something else it's tiny yeah yeah it's just it's you know barely perceptible as to what's on it other than maybe uh, you know a check mark if you're pregnant or not yeah um but yeah he actually changed out the chip inside the pregnancy test because these things are pretty complicated um and he installed doom on it (laughs) i don't know how you control it (laughs) do you have to pee on it (laughs) (laughs) to shoot your weapon i don't know This is
0: the... Honestly, I've heard a lot of stupid things in my life. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.
1: And yet we're talking about it.
0: Yeah. Let's move on. Google. They're in the news. Uh, There are three class action lawsuits being filed in Canada against them. Quebec, Ontario, British Columbia. Essentially saying that Google unlawfully collects and profits from users' personal info. Shock and surprise. So what are we looking at here, John?
1: Uh, Well, basically, the challenge that people have is that, or that these lawsuits are alleging, is that people don't have the ability to opt out of these things because it's just so prevalent. So whether you're visiting a website which has Google Analytics running on it.
0: Which they all do.
1: They all do. Yeah. Ours as well. Um, Or if you're going to a um, website you know, use the Google search engine and you're getting search results, everything you type in every app that you use, that's Google related is potentially collecting a lot of information. And, you know, Google says that, well, you can turn off that stuff, but effectively you can't use those apps and functionality properly. If you do that. Yeah. Um, And even if Google does not capture that device and share it with a marketing partner, which is typically how they say that they're selling your data. Um, they can still use it internally to create a profile about you, to know more about you, to market better to you. And so that's the, the gist of the lawsuit that they have, uh, or that's before the courts. Now, they've requested clash action status for this. It hasn't been approved yet. Okay. And in Quebec, they're asking for $50 million in damages.
0: <laughs> so we we each get a dollar if they <laughs>
1: maybe 20 cents. Yeah. I mean that that that's I think the outcome of this is it's going to be more punitive. Um but like we were talking off air, this is like couch
0: coins for Google. I know. In in their Toronto head office they'll just look under the sofa cushions. <laughs> oh, there's 50 million. Yeah. But it's tough, right? Because yeah. Google powers everything now. Well, whether you, whether you know it or not. And yeah, they're using all that information. That's how they make billions of dollars. And we have kind of given them that that right really by using their tools.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well that's the thing is we we give up our privacy or some level of privacy for the convenience of having free email that's yes. relatively secure. And relatively a free browser. Safe, and a free browser. And all kinds of other free stuff. A good search engine that's quick.
0: Do you remember when browsers first started you had to pay for them? <laughs> Do you remember? Like Netscape and stuff back in the nineties? Yeah. And quickly they realized that's not where the money is. No, <laughs> the money is mining all of our information, what we're searching for, and selling it back to us. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Well, we're going to keep on top of that story to see where that uh, all goes. But uh, super fascinating. Uh, this was interesting to me as well. Uh, Tesla, probably familiar with them uh, from the electric car side. They also make uh, solar panel roofs. Uh, they had a separate company it was called Solar City. They I think they. Uh, amalgamated it into the Tesla brand and something that they're selling down in the United States you can actually have your roof tiles replaced with solar tiles and they've actually got some really nice different types it looks like a regular roof yeah, yeah. Uh, but this roof will power your house and if your electric company will allow it you can actually in some jurisdictions sell some of the excess power back to the grid yeah but wow. I, I wonder if this is going to work in Canada like vancouver
1: <laughs> well I, I i think generally with what we've seen on the electric car market side a lot of people are interested in in using uh electricity for that purpose and i i think you know whether you're able to put solar panels on your roof will depend on your building or your strata or that kind of thing but why wouldn't you want free power i think what it comes down to is what's the cost per panel yeah and how much are you going to get out of that panel uh to make it worthwhile
0: This type of technology gives me hope for humanity, though, John. Uh, Much like we're going more into electric cars now, we're, you know, hopefully in the next 50 years getting away from gasoline, fossil fuels, which emit huge amounts of uh, carbon greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. And I I just see a future in the next 50 years where if you're building a new house or building, you have to have solar panels on it to power it. Yeah.
1: Or at least partially power it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Doesn't that make you feel like there's hope for us? Yeah. Instead of like burning I, I, all the coal.
1: Well, I think the big problem has been though with solar technology is that it's not very efficient.
2: No.
0: It takes a
1: lot of panels to make a lot of power.
0: But for houses, it like houses have big roofs generally. Yeah. But I guess for condos, like, yeah, that's the problem.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing that you probably wouldn't be able to do. Your building would have to opt into it unless they have Maybe something. You can put
0: a wind <laughs> wind turbine on top there too. <laughs> something on your balcony. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm excited. Like this, I think is a good step uh, in in the right direction, and uh, I I hope they do come to Canada. I'd be interested though, like how well will it work when it's raining all the time? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yes. how how efficient is they're it? They're not waterproof. Well, they better be waterproof. For <laughs> they have a short short lifespan. Okay, we're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about smart drive fu- uh, drive throughs that are happening now, not just the future, but now, and uh, how to share information between your laptop and your phone the easy way you listen to get connected here on the course radio network back after this you are back with get connected mike and john here i think a lot of us have been going through drive-thrus <laughs> more and more uh during the uh, the lockdown and are we still in the lockdown I, I don't know i don't know anymore well to help drive-thrus be even a little bit smarter. The folks at Mastercard uh, are using artificial intelligence. On the line, we've got Stefan Wiper. He's the senior vice president, uh, senior vice president of New Commerce Partnerships and commercialization at Mastercard. That is a long title, Stefan.
3: It, it is. I actually like to shorten it to say retail innovation. That's the uh, easier, easier than the the long, long, long description.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're talking drive-throughs. I think people are probably familiar with Mastercard. And what you guys uh, offer? Uh, how are you using your expertise and technology to make drive-throughs a little bit better?
3: That's it's a it's a great question. Uh, you know, it's been been great for us actually. Last year, we we announced this uh, a, this AI powered drive-through experience with a, a first partner we called Sonic um, was the the partner in the US. We did a prototype, uh, and really the we've kind of evolved it now. Where we're actually launching it with another partner in the US called White Castle. Um, and the idea is really around, we wanted to make sure that every menu doesn't have to be the same, that we as consumers, when they go to a drive-through, probably have some preferences that are particular to us, or that location has uh, preferences that are unique to the location. And the ability for the menu to adjust dynamically, we thought was a really good value proposition that we could help enable um, with with some of our merchant partners. So that's really what we're, we're delivering and rolling out is, uh, the ability for the menu to change every time you go to a White Castle that the menu will adjust uh, depending on which White Castle you are and which time of day and which location. Well,
0: would it adjust like to to the individual as well? Can you get that granular?
3: So we, we always, the one thing we always, you know, view quite highly is we call it our sort of privacy by design, making sure that you and, and all of us as consumers have control over what the experience is. Uh, for White Castle, we, yeah, we, we actually are, are doing both where we have what we call a, an unknown consumer uh, which essentially is it's not able. The menu doesn't adjust based on knowing who you are. It's going to adjust around things tied to the location. So again, weather patterns, time of day, purchasing history, et etc. And then we're also providing the ability for, uh, as a consumer, to for me to download uh, a White uh, White Castle branded app for me to agree to the privacy terms and conditions, uh, provide my payment credentials, and even provide my license plate if I'm comfortable doing so. And it means when I go to the White Castle drive-through, the menu. Can, uh, can adjust automatically by recognizing my license plate, um, show things that maybe are, are specific to me, so could be on my own preferences. Great example is my wife is gluten-free, so it's always a bit of a struggle trying to ask somebody what are the gluten-free options, and keep your fingers crossed that you'll get the right option. So that menu becomes uh, personalized. And then when I submit my order and pick up from the window, um, the payment happens kind of uh, automatically. So be applied to the, the card I've registered during that app. Um, I wouldn't have to pay another payment method, it would happen automatically. So yeah, we're we're enabling both experiences.
0: Well, that I guess be good during uh, any pandemic, contactless like completely, you don't even have to put your hand out the window essentially. Uh, I mean, is it smart enough to tell me that maybe I shouldn't get those fries? (laughs) Maybe I should get the salad instead?
3: I, I don't know. If that's something that we're uh, we're providing. any. I, I put that down to personal preference. So,
0: Stefan, how are you not like five hundred pounds? Because I know you must be going through these drive-throughs to test this.
3: Um, a lot of discipline. I guess, not the, <laughs> the know. Just uh, I try and I try and uh, you know, it's been interesting actually. It's normally a, a great way to, to test technology. It's a great way to actually just have an excuse to actually go to the drive-through a lot. So I've uh, personally <laughs> personally liked it. I, you, Although, know, uh, but, you know you dis- know discipline matters
0: so. i'd be dead i, I would want dead. i want my
1: castle right now <laughs> <laughs> you want my
0: castle right now <laughs> yeah we we don't have that in canada no no but so that uh, was one of the
1: perks of going to the states yeah so
0: now you're making a sad right. stefan that
3: uh, well, ca- you know, there's there's this i'll say white castle is is one of the partners we obviously keen to see how we can bring these type of technologies north of the border in canada as well so i'm uh <laughs> You know, uh, we, we're not just limited to the US.
0: So I got to ask the question, you know, your MasterCard. Everyone knows you from credit cards. Like, why are you getting into this game as well?
3: You know, we're, we're actually a technology company. So I think that's the way we sort of, you know, really build solutions. And we, you know, we've been working with retailers uh, for many, many years, thinking about how they evolve their business. So um, that obviously applies to how we make payments secure and seamless for us as consumers. But also, how do we make? Uh, how do we add things to the overall experience? So, you know, this that that's part of that. We've really been focused on innovation. The changes we've seen happening in the retail space, how we can best serve our merchant partners, our retail partners, as they look to create great experiences, but secure experiences for us as consumers. So, I think it's really a continuation of that. And again, all of these technologies were, were relevant even before COVID. But obviously, as a result of COVID, you know, as you were saying up front, the, the demands or, you know, from consumers to go into environments and remove friction has obviously increased. So yeah, it's, it's very much our commitment as a technology company to work with our retailers and, and give them the tools to create great experiences for their customers. Uh,
1: this sounds like a really great way to have like an express lane in some of these drive-throughs. Um, if you could actually sort of have like your regular order and then just sort of breeze through it without having to have that long conversation all, every time as well, is that something that's planned or possible?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think that's where, you know, it depends a bit on the, the retailer location in terms of it. It's very flexible for what makes sense for them. But, you know, that, that use case around, in some instances, you you know what you automatically want, you're going to drive up and you just want to place the order and, and, and leave. So this type of technology can also help with, with that experience. Um, the one thing I, I will say, you know, we always make sure every consumer will have the ability to opt in uh, to actually have this experience. Some Some people will you know, be able to opt in and go through it and and experience dynamic menu, but people also will have the ability up front to to order the way they do normally. So we're trying to make sure that, again, the consumer always has control, uh, whether they want to participate and test the experience or whether they just want to order as they would normally.
0: So what are the the drive-through restaurants hoping to accomplish with this? Is this more efficiency? Is it gonna reduce costs? Are they trying to be more profitable, like to sell more? Like, what are their overall goals with this? smart drive
3: through yeah. I would say it's probably a combination of, of all of those I mean in general I think about it as four four questions that are trying to be answered one is you know how do we as consumers like the experience do we use it uh, is it easy for us to use is it secure secondly is just the technology so is the technology easy to be deployed can it be effective thirdly is just the level of work that's required for retailers to actually integrate with their existing store operations that's a key question if it's successful how quickly you can expand it and then the, the fourth question is really around again, the, the sort of sales metrics or performance metrics on, does this help drive, uh, make people drive, no pun intended, but help more people go through the, the drive through faster? Does it help increase maybe sales? Does it help uh, provide suggestions that increase basket size? So it's really a combination of those four. Is that a great consumer experience? Does the technology actually work? Can it be integrated with existing operations easily? And uh, how does it perform in terms of some of those important financial and commercial metrics?
0: Who who comes up with these ideas at Mastercard, Stefan? Like, did you wake up one morning hungover and thinking, "I want to get to a White Castle drive-through quickly and as fast as
3: possible"? It's uh, no, I, I, I can't can't give any credit for that. The, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, you know, but I, I think what's been interesting is it's sort of, we, we always sort of look at what's happening in the uh, in the in the market, and sort of most importantly, you want to build experiences that are relevant for us as consumers. And I think that's the idea As we see consumers looking to try and adopt more frictionless technologies. Um, how do you extend that? And I think the other trend that's really interesting is the idea of how does every retail experience become more contextual? How does it become more relevant to the consumers that use it? So um, I will say a big part of this is our market driven, what we see happening in the market, what we see our, our customers asking for and how do we build great experiences. We're
0: talking uh, with Stefan Wiper. He is uh, senior vice president over at MasterCard in charge of artificial intelligence drive throughs maybe that could be your new title stefan it, it, it could be that we've
3: a great artificial intelligence
0: team so <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give him the credit i know he's the uh, senior vice president of new commerce partnerships and commercialization at mastercard is there a place where people can find out more info about some of the things that you guys are doing like this
3: yeah we so we uh, through a number of kind of our, our social channels twitter etc we we sort of published that there's a i think there's a mastercard content exchange which uh gives a, a great way to be able to, to keep up to date with everything that is doing, and whether it's the bank or retailer, a consumer that wants to learn more. So yeah, there's definitely ways that you can uh, you can see all the great things that we're doing as a company.
0: Thanks for joining us.
3: You're welcome, thanks. You.
0: Well we come back from the break, still a lot more to talk about here on Get Connected. How would you like to build your own arcade cabinet? It's not as expensive as you think, and actually pretty easy. We've uh, actually done one ourselves. And uh, we're gonna be talking about how you can share Stuff between a laptop and your smartphone very easily. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and John here. Do you remember the glory days of Pac-Man and Space Invaders, Donkey Kong? How would you like to relive those? Well, I've uh, taken on a little project over the past few weeks. I've uh, put together my own arcade cabinet, and it is glorious, John. Yes, I have my own. Of course you do. You always have it before me. (laughs) You're cooler. You're a cooler nerd. Uh, I am loving this. Uh, So there's a number of companies out there that make these um, these kits you can get, and uh, they range in price. Yeah, Uh, I mean you can get full fully built ones. uh, You know, from anywhere two thousand to three thousand dollars. That include the arcade cabinets, the monitor, little computer, uh, and the and the games. Or you can buy like kind of a do-it-yourself kit, which uh, I, I got one of those from Rec Room Masters out of the U.S., and uh, it's pretty awesome.
1: It's like a like a flat-packed yes uh, MDF like plywood thing that you put together. Did yeah, you, I did mean, you have to use an Allen key. It, oh yeah, did I? <laughs> did I?
0: And you know, it wasn't like totally easy. I got to be honest. Like, it's like IKEA yeah. furniture. You know, not everything fits all the time, uh, but. I I made it happen. I made a few modifications uh, along the way. Uh, But essentially, you need a kit. And, you know, I think they go for several hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not the only cost. No. You also need, like, the joystick, like the big joystick pack. Uh, And there's a few great ones on the market. Rec Room Masters has their own uh, big joystick panel uh, that you can insert into the arcade cabinet. Uh, X Arcade. They make the uh, XRK tank stick, which I have, and I love it. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are arcade quality joysticks and and buttons on here. I've got two joysticks and a trackball.
1: Yeah. I I have the same tank stick, and it is, it is, it's not as close to the arcade. It is the arcade experience.
0: Yeah. It's the gold standard, in my opinion. Yeah. I I wouldn't get anything else. Yeah. Uh, The only thing it's missing, and that's my next project later, is the little spinner. Remember games like Tempest? An Arkanoid, yeah, And even Tron used a spinner, yes, yeah, uh, it doesn't have that. However, you can actually purchase those spinners, I think they're about a hundred bucks. Uh, and you can actually take out one of the buttons, uh, the arcade buttons, which isn't a big deal because there's like eight buttons aside, you're not going to miss it, yeah. Uh, that will then take it to the, the next level. So, uh, you got the, the cabinet, you got the joystick, uh, you'll also need a monitor. Uh, some people like to go old school and get the old CRT. Once we had one in our office that had that, but God help you. If you ever have to move that thing, <laughs> like seriously, we, we actually had to move it once. And after that, I thought, nope, when we move into our new office, there's no freaking way. I mean, we sold it, but the, the buyer had to get it out themselves. And it was a struggle. Yes. Cause that thing was hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And we were upstairs. Oh my God. Yeah. There yeah. was no elevator. No. So it, phew, <laughs> I feel yeah. sorry for that guy. Uh, anyway, uh, so and then on top of that, you got the cabinet, you got the, the joystick, you got the monitor. You need something to power it. So in mine, I, I had an old Windows computer, which is more than enough power on I, it. In mine, I used an old netbook. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it works because these old games like Donkey Kong and stuff didn't take a lot to power <laughs> power those no things.
1: And, and you can literally use a raspberry pi to run pretty much every old arcade game yeah. and a lot of consoles without any problems at all
0: and so that's the cool thing so you talked about the raspberry pi we've talked about it on this program this is like the under 100 hundred dollar computer you can get a kit here out of uh, north van they make a lot of great kits uh and yeah 100 bucks and you can get one of these little raspberry pi computers that would essentially be your arcade yeah and you know, there's so many games out there. There's literally thousands of games that you can play on this, mm-hmm. and it is glorious. It's just like going to the arcade. Yeah, I no, I love
1: it. I I the the fun thing about this is, is depending on how you organize your games, you can literally spend an evening, a night, going through just the A's. yes of the games. Yeah, because
0: I think I have like two thousand arcade games on this thing. Yeah. And yeah, you will never play all of them. No. But it's fun just to go, oh my God. Yeah. I remember that one that you've probably forgotten. Yeah, The the only
1: problem I have with these home systems that, because I've DIY'd a few myself. I've built them from scratch. I've built them from kits. And I've also retrofitted actual arcade games with a computer and an LCD monitor inside. And the problem is, is like, if you have a couple of like your favorite games, having the right controller configuration is paramount. Yeah. Right? Because you need to be able to play, you know, the majority of the games properly. And you also need to have all the right controls. Like you mentioned, the spinner, the trackball is important. Um, having, you know, you, definitely you'd want to have at least a two-player system. Yes. Uh, this, the I, the cabinet I currently have in my garage is a one-player cabinet. Okay. Uh, and so it's a little, little tight to put a second joystick into. Yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, this one here, I, I put a 32-inch monitor in it, um, which I thought was going to be big uh or sorry is it a 27 inch i think it's a 27 inch which i thought was going to be big but no now i want to build another one with an even bigger monitor (laughs) in it but uh yeah it it took me a couple weeks to be honest like because um there was a few janky parts that i just couldn't get together properly and then uh the speakers where the speakers go uh on the top part of the cabinet you know above the monitor inside it it just wasn't the great the right layout so i actually purchased uh two car stereo speakers some cheap ones uh, off of amazon i think for 30 bucks and a little uh, amplifier control that i put in uh underneath where you know i have a keyboard and mouse that control the, mm-hmm. the computer yeah uh,
1: that's kind of the fun part of these diy projects though is because you can really customize it and yeah. try, try to get you know whatever experience is most important for you one of the things i did on my last cabinet was i actually put a uh, coin slot in that actually worked
0: Oh, that is cool. So I don't have a coin slot.
1: I mean, I just had a bucket of quarters for my friends to, to use um, because I didn't want to have like a free coin button, you know? Yeah. But then I eventually I just rigged, you know, the, you know, the coin return button that you push in. Yeah. You push that in. That's the equivalent of pressing a coin.
0: Oh, but, that would work. eh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's I, cool. I just, I just moved the micro. or you just could make money off your friends. Yeah. Steal friends all are, their qu- they're qu- cheap though.
1: <laughs> I'd probably get some off you though. <laughs> and who has quarters. Right, exactly. <laughs> But uh, I take Mastercard tapless. <laughs> yeah,
0: so uh, you know, uh, there's a few good companies out there. Uh, I used Rec Room Masters. Uh, we've had uh, in our office. We got in a few X arcade machines. Those things were fantastic yeah. as well. Um, they came pre-built. Yeah. Uh, but God, they're heavy. <laughs> yes, you're not going to be moving these things around. Yeah. Very
1: much. Yeah, a lot of what a lot of people do too is they they do cocktail. Uh, tables, So like, like, that's cool. Like a little coffee table size kind yeah. of
0: thing. And so you can sit <laughs> on either side because my wife will have that in the house. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Relegated to I the can't garage. E- I
0: can't even let her listen to this episode. No, because if she even gets a whiff that I want a cocktail table, yeah, arcade table, I'm done.
1: You just have to press a button and it turns around into something else like James Bond. Or you know what? Maybe I put like a little
0: wooden top on it yes. to hide it. Yes. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Rec Room Masters, X XArcade, uh, we'll actually be doing a blog on this uh, up on our website uh, in the next uh, week or so as well, uh, just to go through some of the details. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. It's so easy to enter just go to the website hit the newsletter tab and all the instructions are there again getconnectedmedia.com for your chance to win a samsung galaxy a51 smartphone when we come back from the break more tech to talk here on get connected stay tuned you are back with get connected mike Egerbo here with john beeler time to talk laptops uh big selling season right now here back to school back to work we've got uh, our good friend paul Deco on the line from huawei thanks for joining us paul
2: Hey, no problem. My pleasure.
0: Uh, wanted to get you on the line. Uh, I've uh, actually had a chance to try out uh, one of your guys' uh, notebooks here, and uh, I'm kind of liking it. Uh, you know, obviously in the higher end of uh, laptops, uh, you know, typically you're thinking like the MacBooks and the higher end Dells and HPs. Uh, the MateBook is uh, right up there. This one's kind of uh, tricked out with all the latest. Uh, specs it's got uh, you know the Intel Core i7 10th 10th generation chip inside so super fast uh, uh, fast uh, solid-state drive in it uh, as as well Uh, but what I found uh, interesting um, with this particular one is uh, just how you guys have uh, kind of interfaced it with your your smartphone line uh, as well uh, with one of the features called Huawei share can you explain how that all works
2: well, uh, it was pretty much born on the problem that, you know, even though we had laptops and we have smartphones, uh, there was never really a good satisfactory way to kind of put them together and to kind of make them work together. And that's where Huawei Share kind of, kind of comes in. Uh, this allows us to be able to drag and draw files interchangeably from your, uh, from your laptop to your phone and from your phone to your laptop. Uh, wirelessly um, which allows you to be actually working together at the same time giving you some synergy with your workflow
0: well it's it's an interesting uh feature because uh there's so many times that you know i've got my smartphone and there's a bunch of stuff on there like pictures and maybe some videos i've taken but it's just like a major pain in the butt to get it over to my uh my, my laptop so um I, I tried it out uh, with one of your uh, I think it was the p forty pro phone and basically you, you just kind of tap it on uh, the the notebook uh, by the uh, the trackpad there and uh it it brings up like a uh, a replica of uh, of the phone right on on the screen and from there I was easily able to drag and drop files back and forth which it's it's almost like magic
2: it's very easy to do and it's not just files it's not just pictures and photos you can actually even copy. Text, for example, from a te- from a, from your phone, and you can control V like paste it onto any kind of word document, and you can even uh, do that as well directly on the phone. So it's pretty, it's very, it's very well thought out, and you know this very helps. It helps me out a lot with uh with moving things back and forth because I'm the same way as you. Uh,
0: so as far as the notebook line, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have gotten to know you guys uh, through uh the smartphones uh, and. You know i love them they've probably got the best cameras on the market uh, on them uh and i, I love taking them and, and blowing the pictures up i've got a few of those now in my house it's i feel like a real photographer uh but you guys are really getting into the uh, the notebook or the laptop side as well
2: yeah we actually been doing the laptops for a very long time and i'm very happy that we actually are able to launch these laptops in canada especially this one the Matebook X Pro. It's it's uh, it's a great marriage of design and uh, and beauty. If you don't mind me saying,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, I, I mean, I love the screen on this thing here too. It's uh, it's got like a almost a bezelless uh, screen on it. So you know, I mean, that's great from uh, working on, uh, but also obviously it uh, brings down the overall size and form factor as well.
2: Exactly, uh, and one of the ways we were able to do that was actually move the camera from. You know, usually the top of your lid of your laptop to down to the keyboard section between the F7 and the uh, the F6 key. So that allows you to actually get you way more real estate, and also gives you some peace of mind too, because you know you can just flick that off and on, and you can totally see it. You know, closed. You don't have to put any tape or anything on on your on your on your camera, so that you know you know you're not being spied on or watched on. Yeah, you know, Paul, at first I was a little
0: uh, apprehensive about it, to be honest, just because I'm thinking, you know, do I want people kind of looking up at me? But um, I, I have to say, like, the overall privacy aspect of it has kind of won me over now because it's such an issue now. And I, I've had friends that have had their uh, their laptops hacked and they've hacked into their actual cameras. And so, yeah, like, people are putting tape on <laughs> over their cameras and, and stuff to, uh, you know, to, I guess, get that extra level of privacy. So it's kind of nice to be able to just kind of, click a button, and the camera just disappears into one of the keys.
2: Yeah, it's one of my favorite features on this device for sure.
0: And one more feature that I'm, I'm really appreciating, and I, I just i am not seeing it on any of the new laptops. Yes, we're going to uh, a USB-C world. You know, that's the tiny little USB-C connector. You've actually, I and mean, this thing is like deadly thin, you've actually managed to not only have those, but you've got like the old-fashioned USB connector on uh, the right-hand side as well.
2: Yeah, you have a very, you have a huge, uh, a lot of different ways to connect to your laptop for sure. Not just for charging, obviously, but also for, you know, for different connectors, like your HDMI out, for example, or anything for display out, as well as your legacy devices too, like using the old USB standard.
0: Well, it, it's great because then, you know, because we're all carrying around these little dongles now so that we can have the extra ports. But with this one, I, I don't have to carry that around. Really, because I've basically got all the ports that I I typically uh, uh, use uh, on here. Uh, Paul, where can people find out more information about uh, your notebooks and and your smartphones?
2: Obviously, you can get them. uh, You can go to uh, Huawei.com to view a lot of our information on our laptops, our entire laptop line. Uh, They're also available uh, in a a bunch of different uh, retailers out there right now in Canada as well. So just check that out. You'll be able to actually shop it directly from our website.
0: Thanks for joining us, Paul. My pleasure. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Don't forget to hit the website, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. So easy to enter. Just hit the website, getconnectedmedia.com. Hit the newsletter tab and all the instructions uh, are there. On uh, tomorrow's app show, our sister show, you got to tune in for that. It's uh, Sundays at uh, 10 a.m. here on CKNW 980. Also goes across the Chorus Radio Network to our uh, our fine friends uh, from Calgary to Winnipeg. We're going to be talking about a trademark app. If you are a business and you haven't trademarked your business name or some of its key products, that could be a danger. Well, we've got an app that makes it easy and cheap. We'll also be talking subscriptions. We've got a subscription series going on right now with uh, the app show. We'll be talking about all the different subscription services from uh, the music ones like Spotify, Apple Music, uh, to tomorrow we'll be talking about book subscriptions. If you're an avid reader, how would you like to pay 10 bucks a month for all you can read? Ted Krizonos from uh, our uh, Toronto headquarters will uh, be giving us a lowdown on that. John, we uh, got some interesting stuff in this week uh, from uh, the Logics folks. Uh, they always
1: give us some great stuff.
0: Yes, and the more I'm looking at your one here, the more I'm liking it. Uh, it's, they're piston power and they've got two different uh, versions. So these are, are those external battery packs. They've got a 10 and a 20. And the 10 and 20 refer to how many milliamp hours? So the 10 is 10,000 milliamp hours and the 20 is 20,000 milliamp hours. And so you know the 20 it's it's pretty hefty like how would you describe this it's a brick a small brick yeah yeah i mean you could hurt someone with this yeah thing.
1: the 10 is about the same size as like an iphone
0: yes and the 20 is like two iphones uh, like a fat iphone yeah uh, but what's appealing about these power banks is what they can charge
1: yeah, the, the really great thing that's happened in the last few years with these uh, devices is you can actually run your laptop off of one of these. That is appealing. Yeah, and I actually had this problem the other day. I was running low on juice. I wasn't anywhere near an outlet, uh, and so I actually had, we just got these in. I plugged one in to my laptop, and I got about two hours of juice out of it, and I wasn't even fully charged, the the power bank that is. Yeah,
0: it's it's cool. It's got all sorts of connectors, so it's got the standard USB uh connectors uh got the new usb-c and also the micro usb uh, as well but yeah john like to be able to charge my laptop that is amazing and, and tip and this is for the newer ones that have the usb-c yes uh, power connectors yeah, yeah the, so like all the macs yeah just to get into
1: the specs a little bit the twenty thousand uh milliamp uh piston power it's got 22.5 watt output Yes. So it's not going to, you know, if you have the latest MacBook Pro, you you might consume more power than this can put out. But if you have like an older uh, MacBook that is maybe a little bit lower uh, in, in specs, you'll have no problem whatsoever. And I was actually using a 2017 uh, MacBook Pro with no problem.
0: Yeah. And it charged you up. Yeah. Got an extra couple hours.
1: Yeah. And I was also driving an external monitor at the same time. Oh, uh, look
0: at you. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have left. I want to thank John and Christina who helped put the show together and all the rest of the folks at the Get Connected team. Getconnectedmedia.com is our website. Check it out. See you again next time.